Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hello to your beautiful brain barnacles. Crystal Rosa's back with another episode of Crystal's Nightcap. Tonight, Amanda Bynes is back. Someone in San Leandro is about to be a millionaire, and my friend had the worst therapy session. We need to talk about this. Sit back, relax. It's Crystal's Nightcap. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I hit that. I hit every single one of those notes. Thank you for listening. It's another episode of Crystal's Nightcap. Wherever you are, please make sure you subscribe. You know the drill. Share the podcast with your friends if you really like it. On socials, I'm at La Crystal Rosas. And all these stories and more will be up at LaCrystalRosas.com. We're going to get into it. Sharing the cheesement, anything celebrity news, the viral stuff, trending things we're getting into right now. Yo, have you seen this? Did she just? No. Really? Oh my God. Look I can't at this. believe it. We're sharing the cheese man. We're sharing the cheese man. She is back. The queen is back. Amanda Bynes, y'all. You guys know Amanda Bynes, right? She was a teen star on Nickelodeon's All That. She had her own show, um, The Amanda Show on Nickelodeon, which was crazy successful. And then she even went on to do movies, like a big movie with Shannon Tatum. She's the man. Um, What was the other one? Yeah, it was so big, I forgot it. It's called What a Girl Wants or something. Anyways, I I only remember that movie because my parents had a minivan when I was like, in the second, third, and fourth grade. And it had a DVD player in it. <laughs> yes, I was privileged. Um, so we got to watch, like that was one of the DVDs that we had in there. We had like Legally Blonde. We had Pirates of the Caribbean. We had uh, What a Girl Wants with Amanda Bynes. What was another big one? Oh, Selena, obviously. Those are the main movies. Oh, and Spirited Away. Do you guys remember those movies? Anyways, after she dibble-dabbled in movies for a little bit, she kind of fell off and no one really knew what she was up to. What people did know was that she was studying at FITM, but then she came back uh, on Twitter. She resurfaced on Twitter on in- and Instagram and she was just tweeting like the most craziest things. And I remember being on the JV show when this was happening and I thought it was really funny. I honestly didn't think of it like she was going through something. I didn't think of it in the sense of she was um, having mental issues and she was on a lot, a lot of drugs. 
because I was just a lot younger when this happened and I I just wasn't as worldly as I am now. And I was kind of like laughing at her. Like I was laughing at the situation because of how crazy she was tweeting and how crazy she was acting. But there really was a deep problem. And um, lucky for her, she got a lot better and she's back on Instagram now. And I saw this video yesterday of her like saying, hey guys, I'm back um, and a little update. And she still looks, uh, she... She looks like not the Amanda Bynes we know and love and remember. She's definitely like, like I said, been through. She definitely looks like she went through something really terrible and that she's trying to bounce back. Um, she still has that face heart tattoo, which is kind of odd. And she has another one on top of her eyebrow. Just that it just looks a little odd, but each to their own. Um, and in the audio, the first clip from yesterday, I'm going to play right now. She's just saying, hey, everyone, like I'm just checking back in. I have a clothing line hopefully coming out very soon. And here's that. Just wanted to say hi to all of my followers. I appreciate you guys so much for supporting me. I'm really looking forward to starting my clothing line. And I'm hoping that in the near future, it will be out online. That's pretty much all the first clip from yesterday said. And when I saw it initially, I was like, okay, like she she does look sane. Like she does, she is speaking um, like normally, I would say. It doesn't look like she's going in, in through anything crazy, crazy, crazy right now. It still looks a little odd because we haven't seen Amanda Bynes speak regularly in a very long time where I haven't. So I still like wasn't sure on like what vibe she's on or anything. So then today she posted another video with a man that she's saying is her fiance and his name is Paul and she loves Paul. They look really happy actually in the video. Um, it does look a little robotic, but I think she's just kind of getting used to the social media thing. I think since she's been gone, she also explains that she's been sober for a year now um, with Paul. So that's awesome. She also apologizes for the awful things she said on Twitter. She was, she was just wilding out on Twitter. I don't know if I had mentioned that, but yeah, she was, um, <laughs> she was saying that she wanted Drake to murder her hoo-ha she was calling specific people ugly i think she even called drake ugly as well after that like you can tell like through those tweets that she wasn't okay and she explains the situation she apologizes and here i'll just play the clip hey everyone this is paul my fiance what's up i'm so lucky as you can see he's dropped a gorgeous right, he's also the best person on face of the earth but i just wanted to post a video to say i'm sorry to everyone whom i called ugly on twitter i was feeling so ugly at the time and it was really hard for me to express myself at the time because i was so drugged out and now i've remained sober for over a year same with paul and i just want to let you know that I love you guys and I'm so happy now. I feel like I got what's mine and that is Paul. See, I think that she does sound healthy. She looks happy. Her and Paul look happy. She looks good. Like her face looks good. Um, I just am not a fan of the tattoos on the face, but it's okay. Um, not a big deal. But yeah, you know, I am really happy to see that she looks like she's on a way better path than she was because... You guys, Amanda Bynes, for me, like, was the coolest person in the world when I was growing up. Like, I looked up to her so much. I looked up to her more than I did Lizzie McGuire. And I really loved Hilary Duff and Lizzie McGuire. But, like, Amanda Bynes, for me, you guys, like, the Amanda show, I was obsessed. And seeing how funny and wacky Amanda was when she was on the show and how cool she was, like, I wanted to be just like Amanda. I think I've talked about it before that, like, 
amandaplease.com was one of the first websites I ever went. I think it was the first website I ever went on when I was probably like in the second or third grade. This woman has impacted me in such a big way growing up and showing me that like it's it's okay to be funny and wacky and silly and yourself and you know be ugly sometimes for comedy or whatever the case may be. Like I always thought she was the coolest ever. I didn't really, I wasn't like the biggest, biggest fans of her movies. I was more like an Amanda show fan. So when that whole thing happened, when she was kind of like wilding out and going crazy on Twitter, like I, like I said, didn't see what was going on behind the scenes. Like I didn't really understand at the time, like that she actually needed a lot of help. But now I'm just really happy that she got the help that she needed. She looks like she's in a great, she, it looks like from her IG that she's happy and she's in a good relationship. And yes, I'm totally down for an Amanda Bynes clothing line. Are you kidding me? Like she was the fashion, like back in the nineties, like when she was on and popping, like she was what fashion was like. She was so cool. Like every time she would come out on the stage for the Amanda show, I would be excited to see what she would wear. So I'm juiced for that. Um, and I'm, like I said, I'm just really happy for her. I hope that she continues on this path. And this just goes to show that you never really know what people are going through and to just be more sympathetic instead of if someone's going wilding out and going through something like publicly, um, instead of like pointing fingers and laughing at the matter. And I think as a society, we've been a lot better at this of just being like, okay, well, there must be a deeper issue. Like what is actually going on and how can we help this person? Because Amanda Bynes is an American gem. She is a national treasure and we need to cherish her and we need to preserve her because she is, she is a queen. And I'm really happy that I'm really happy to see her like this. So I put up those little videos. If you want to check them out, lacrystalrosas.com. Um, and can't wait for a clothing line. Now let's talk about little old San Leandro, California. Y'all know where San Leandro is, right? It's right between Oakland and Hayward. <laughs> okay. So I was born in Hayward, but my parents lived in Oakland when I was first born. And then I, we lived there for like five years and then we moved to San Leandro. But where we, where my parents live now, it's literally like a block from Oakland. But my parents want to live in San Leandro because the school district's a little better in San Leandro than it was in Oakland. So I've lived in San Leandro since I was five. So for the past 20 years. And San Leandro is finally getting put on the map, ladies and gentlemen, because on Hesperian, there is a Food Max there. I've been there. I don't really usually go to Food Max very often. We never really did because there was closer grocery stores. But the Food Max on Hesperian last night sold the winning Powerball ticket. But the person still has not claimed the prize, okay? They had to, like, for the Powerball, I guess this is how it works. Like, you can either get, like, six numbers right, and then you'll win, like, the entire Powerball, like, with the Super. And that payout would have been around $50 million. But the person got five numbers out of six right. They didn't get that extra Powerball Super number right. So they should be walking away with a little tiny bit over $7 million but then taxes on top of that. However, like I said, it hasn't been claimed yet. The winner hasn't claimed their ticket. But can you believe that? Little old San Leandro, someone who was out here at Food Max last night in San Leandro is going to be a multimillionaire. That is so cool. Man, I wish that was me. I really wish that was me. And it's funny because my dad is always playing the lottery. And my dad's always bringing scratchers for us. But like we've never won anything significant. And hopefully this person who won the Powerball is going to come forward because look at that. $7 million, honey. When I first heard this, I was like, it could be my dad because my dad, like I said, is always playing the lottery. And in my head, automatically, I was like, okay, Poppy won $7 million. Half of that goes to taxes around. So he's probably going to get around $3.5 I definitely expect $1 million from that. 
<laughs> but then I was like, wait, will my mom actually let this go down? Because my mom, she she's not about the handouts. I mean, my mom and dad started together from nothing. So my mom is not here for the handouts. Like she's not someone who's just going to like hand out cash to me and my brother if my dad did win the lottery because she is all about hard work and, you know, getting things yourself because my mom made some smart moves when her and my dad first got, got married and she's now reaping the benefits of her and my dad's hard work and like her um, just being smart with saving money and all that stuff. So my mom and dad are pretty much set, right? And I'm always like, here, like throw me some, like what the heck? And my parents, like they, they when we were younger and stuff, they did spoil us. Like they gave us everything we wanted and more. Like I had a very beautiful childhood because my parents were very smart um, and wise with their spending. But like <laughs> my mom does spoil me even now sometimes like she'll she'll go to Costco. She'll bring me back stuff like she always she wiles out for like Christmas. Remember she bought me Uggs for Christmas and she, like they're very sweet. They are very generous and giving. But for other things like when it came for school, my mom and dad was like, yeah, you got You got to figure this out yourself. Like we're not going to pay for your school, Crystal. And looking back now, like, I'm very thankful that my parents have been like that, that they haven't been giving me handouts and they haven't like, you know, just thrown money at me because I really valued money once I started working and once I started paying for my own things and now that I pay for rent and all that. So I just can't really see my mom out here giving money to me willy-nilly if my dad did win the lottery. I could see my dad doing it though. Like my dad, <laughs> my dad would not care. He would for sure give me a million. <laughs> my mom would be like, no, put that to a stop. And for me, I would definitely throw money at my parents. I would first want to secure a stable place for me to live. Like if I were to win the lottery, I would want to put like a down payment or like a be able to buy a house out here because like I said if it's three million yeah I'd definitely be able to buy a mil a, a, a house out here because houses on average right are like a million dollars in the bay depending on the area but I would want to get a house like close to my family or get somewhere here in the city for so that I can live close to my job um and then okay so once you get a house all right I would okay I would spend one third on myself if I were to win hella money like if I were to win like the lottery I would spend I think a third of it save a third of it for like investments and stuff and then the other third I would give away just to my family members but like my close family members okay I ain't given none of this to no extended family members or family members who don't really need it like I would cash out for my do my grandparents even need anything that's the thing like grandparents don't really need anything oh they think well I was gonna say they kind of should travel but my grandma's even really old I don't know I would I'd ball out my grandma buyers some fancy something um my parents also don't really need much like they're very easy like what would they need I don't even know my brother as well like he's just a very easy guy he doesn't need much he doesn't even like my brother doesn't spend money on anything really like he just he doesn't like designer stuff he's really he's fine being at home with my mom he pays rent to them um I don't know what my brother would even need I don't, I'm not thinking about it. I don't even know if my family would actually need money like that. I Do I need money like that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't even, I don't think I even really would need, I mean, we would all love millions of dollars, right? But need, like, do I need that? I would only want to buy like a house. And I mean, I like my car. I mean, I don't know if I would really want to buy, I mean, everyone wants a fancy car, right? But I don't know. Number one, I need to get like a place for me to live that's my own. I need to get a property. And then number two, I don't know. I think just invest and have that money grow in the bank or something. 
Yeah, thinking thinking now, I'm like, dang, my family's pretty happy and set. It's not like they're rich or anything. My parents are like not rich. We're not like part of the one percent or anything. But like, my family is in the high middle class, I would say. And well, actually, no, in the Bay Area, <laughs> in the Bay Area. <laughs> In the Bay, no, we are all considered low income if you actually think about it. But, but yeah, no, for real, is it low income considered anything under a hundred thousand dollars a year? Like, if you're not making a hundred thousand dollars a year in the Bay Area, you're considered low income. <laughs> That's crazy to me. Anyways, if you were to win like the lottery, what's the first thing that you would do? Are you on the same page as me? And you're like, I'm done renting. I would just like want a spot and then maybe just like traveling, every, you know, on the weekends and stuff. But I would definitely keep my job because I love this job. This is my dream job. Like I make money doing what I love. So I would want to keep my job. Um, but I would just want a place to call home. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, let me know what you would do if you would win if you would win the lottery. Check up on your friends if they live in San Leandro and ask them if they bought a lottery ticket at Food Max last night because they could be millionaires. Who knows? Actually, one of my cousins, you guys, I, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but one of my cousins, um, his best friend, he was in this uh, lottery ring out here in the Bay Area where like uh, I, I don't know who I don't know who it was that won. It was like it was like a Bay Area banking firm or an insurance firm or something everyone like would put money in every week or every few weeks for the lottery and remember like like eight people won or like 10 people won my cousin's best friend was one of those people who won and he won like millions right and um he said that yeah like it, it's pretty bad i mean I've, I've talked about it before how you hear terrible stories about people who win the lotteries because because like hell of their family comes out the wood woodworks and tries to get money from you but apparently like th this couple who ended up winning was one of the people who won in that lottery ring thing. Um, they're doing great and they're still really humble and stuff and they're working their regular jobs <laughs> and they just kind of keep it on the low. So only like really close people around them know about the lottery thing. But for the most part, like they're just like regular people and nothing bad ended up happening to them because, you know, there's all those horror stories about people who win the lottery and then end up, you know, going into a downward spiral because they're lonely and everyone just wants them for their money. Who I don't know. Maybe... Maybe to some people it does sound like a blessing, but it could be a curse in itself. I don't know. Let me know what you think on socials. I'm at like Crystal Rosas. Now let's talk about music. Because, I mean, I feel like I I never talk about music on Crystal's Nightcap, even though, like, I am a DJ on the radio and all we do is play music 24-7. Like, I, I think I need to give music a little more appreciation. So I want to talk about the survey that is suggesting most people discover their favorite band at age 13. This was a survey online um, through TickPick, this, like, ticket seller, and they asked, like, what was the average age where you found, or what was the age that you found your favorite band? And a lot of the people surveyed said they were 13 years old. And what was also found the influences of the, these like music discoveries and music tastes either came through their friends, uh, came through the radio or movies, and 48% say an older sibling introduced them to music that their parents wouldn't have approved of, which is pretty funny. Um, I always loved music growing up. I would listen to, with my parents, we would listen to Juan Gabriel. <laughs> we would listen to Rocia Dulcal. We would listen to Selena. We would listen to Vicente. Um, it was like, I would listen to Shakira. Um, it was all like pretty much Mexican music that I would listen to. I grew up listening to the radio, like La Raza. We, I didn't like really get exposed to Wild 94.9 or KML until I was like later in my high school years. Um, but yeah, my parents always monopolized the radio. 
And I grew up listening to like Mexican music like that. And it wasn't, yeah, until my friends kind of uh, opened me to different types of music. And I remember I was in the first grade and one of my best friends, Allie, I would sleep over her house. She was like the only person that my mom let me sleep over at like when I was little because <laughs> because Allie's um, Allie, my mom really liked Allie's parents. They're awesome. And Allie doesn't have like an older brother. She only has a older sister. And, you know, Mexican moms, when they know that that like when a friend has an older brother, uno nunca sabe. So my mom felt very comfortable with me sleeping at Allie's house because Allie only had older sisters she didn't have an older brother and my mom really liked her parents and her parents are awesome so i would sleep at Allie's house right and Allie had an older sister like i said i think she was like six or seven years older than us and actually probably no yeah that's about right and she always like played music and she would play like they were they were white so i was exposed to like what an american household like would listen to and one of the the songs i remember was like nelly and kelly Rowland, like no matter what I do, all I think about is you, right? And I was like, oh my gosh, what is this? I love this song. Like, I love this song. And um, Ali's mom took us to the the CD store and I bought that, C- that CD, that album just for that song. That's how it was back in the day, ladies and gentlemen, or little kids. Um, when you really liked a song, you couldn't just buy it on iTunes. Like you had to buy the whole album if you just wanted to hear one song. <laughs> and you had to physically buy the album. So I remember that being like one of my first albums and um i also like i said spice girls was a big one spice girl was one of my first albums um shakira was one of my first albums as well and i kind of just like listened to music that way and i would learn different music yeah like just through friends because my brother wasn't into technology like i was i was always like i was always like i had an ipod or like an um like an iPod touch or I even had a laptop too. My mom bought a laptop for me and my brother. I think we're in the fifth and sixth grade. And I was always on my computer. Like I was always about the computer and my brother really wasn't. So I would kind of find music through the computer as well. And I would kind of put junior on. I'd put my brother on instead of him putting me on, even though we only are a year apart. I'm a year younger than him, but um, my brother really didn't influence my music. He liked to listen to the red hot chili peppers. My brother had a really random taste in music. He was more of an alternative guy, but I liked, well, alternative was also popular, like in the seventh and eighth grade. That's when alternative, like All American Rejects, Panic, Panic at the Disco, Fallout Boy. I was all about that. I thought I thought I was like a rocker chick, um, and that's when I got introduced to Tokyo Hotel. Okay, that is my favorite band. And some of y'all are like, who? Tokyo Hotel, I feel like I have talked about them before, but they're a German band. I think they were like thirteen or fourteen when they first started like getting hella hella big and they got huge in germany they're german they only spoke german and would only make music in um german and then they kind of crossed over to english music and when i turned 13 they were doing like their first u.s tour i believe yeah and so that was when i fell in love with tokyo hotel and i remember i like was would be on ebay and i would like bid on ebay this was when ebay you could only bid on things like you couldn't just buy stuff. There was no like buy now button on eBay. Like you to buy to get something on eBay, you had to bid on it. So I would be like in class, like like refreshing, trying to bid on like Tokyo hotel boots and like just like random things. 
And that was my first concert of choice. Like my, because my parents used to take me to concerts when I was little. I think like one of my first concerts was like Country, Martina McBride. I saw Vicente Fernandez when I was little. My mom and dad took me to see Celine Dion in Vegas when I was little too. I cried. Um, <laughs> and then my first like concert that I chose was Tokyo Hotel. I don't remember if I told you all this story or not, but I was 13 years old. I didn't have any friends who liked Tokyo Hotel. It was literally only me against the world. I felt like nobody knew about Tokyo Hotel, but they did end up winning Best New Artist for the MTV VMAs in 2013. So just I just need to put that out there that they were a big band. They have a huge fan base. Tokyo Hotel was coming to the Warfield? No, no, no. The Fox. Oh my God, yeah. Wait, no. The, the Fillmore. Oh, my God. I will never forget this. Tokyo Hotel was coming to the Fillmore. And I really wanted to go. And I begged my mom. And she was like, yeah, if you can um, get a ticket for me and your brother, we'll all take you. And I was like, fine. So I hopped on the phone. This is how you had to get tickets back then. You had to call on the phone and order them online. My mom bought them. I think they were like, they must have been like. 30 bucks each or 25, 30 bucks each after all those fees. And then there I am, my first concert ever, 13 years old. My mom and brother, they don't care about the Tokyo Hotel. They weren't about this. So they like went upstairs and were sitting down upstairs at the Fillmore. And I was just in the crowd by myself. And there was like a lot of people. Everyone was nice. Everyone was a huge Tokyo Hotel fan. I squirmed my way all the way to the front. And I ended up, I remember I couldn't believe this because I had the biggest crush on Tom Collins. I've talked about Tom Collins before, ladies and gentlemen. Tom Collins is the one who married um, the most beautiful supermodel in the world, Heidi Klum. Heidi Klum's husband, ladies and gentlemen, is Tom Collins from the band Tokyo Hotel. I had the biggest crush on Tom Collins. He's like, oh my God, he's so dreamy. And he has like long, he had at the time long dreadlocks and was this like bad boy. He had like a lip ring. And I was literally right in front of Tom Collins as he was playing the guitar for me. And he ended up throwing his pick. I saw his pick go in the, in the crowd. I see it. And then I'm like, on, I'm trying to look for it. I'm trying to look for it because it bounced off someone's hands. I see it on the floor. I reach my hand down. In the between all these people's feet, and I grabbed the guitar pick, ladies and gentlemen. I have Tom Collett's guitar pick in my room now, still. So, my favorite band, like I said, was Tokyo Hotel. That was like one of the best nights ever is seeing them live and just doing my own thing, being me, going to a concert at 13. Thanks to my mom. I was a freshman in high school, y'all. I was a freshman in high school going with my mom and brother. And it was so cool. By the, by the end of the concert, my mom was actually like, They're actually pretty good. I'm not mad at Tokyo Hotel. And I was like, Duh. Um, and. Yeah, it was around 12, 13 years old that I found my favorite band. My other favorite band, please don't hate me for this, but it's Coldplay. <laughs> I love Coldplay, you guys. I love Coldplay. They like helped me get through high school. Coldplay really helped me get through high school because Tokyo Hotel took a little hiatus after that. After 2013, they didn't come back with another album until, um, that wasn't 2013, that was 2009 after that they didn't pop out another album until like i was done with high school so between then i got introduced to coldplay and i never heard i never hold i never heard of coldplay until high school because in high school was when i made like a lot more white friends and they're the ones who exposed me to coldplay and i was like oh this is this is just the mood this is what it is so Coldplay is also one of my favorite, favorite, favorite bands i did go see them in concert when they came to san jose um, when I was in high school and I saw them a whole bunch of times after that and anytime they're around I want to see them and I could not believe I could not believe that they were here when Super Bowl 50 was at Levi Stadium and they were the halftime for that the Super Bowl show 
And I was hella mad because I was on the JV show at that point. I don't remember if I was a hire or not. I think I was. I think I think I was getting paid. I definitely was. I definitely was getting paid here. I was officially on the JV show, but I wasn't I wasn't that close to people like in the digital team. So I didn't I was not invited to go to the Super Bowl. But everyone else on the digital team, they got to go and they were part of the halftime. They were on the field while Coldplay played on the halftime. And I remember seeing it on Instagram stories and I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I love Coldplay so much. I could have been here if I would have been closer to y'all and y'all would have invited me. I would have loved to go. I missed out on that. But yeah, Coldplay and Tokyo Hotel, you guys are hands down like my two favorite bands, honestly. But what about you guys? When did you first hear your favorite band were you 13? Because I feel like that's that is the right age for you to start exploring music and understanding your music style. But it's definitely Tokyo Hotel, Coldplay's up there. My Chemical Romance, oh my God, is absolutely up there as well. Any other bands that I can think of? Any Mexican bands? No. Just them, you guys. Let me know. Who's your favorite band? When did you find out on socials? You know where to find me at La Crystal Rosas. Now we're going to get into Crystal's Cave. Anything going on with me, my life, my day, we're getting into right now. Hello. Who's in here? It's so dark. Ew, what's dripping? Did I just step on something? You're now inside Crystal's Cave. Hi, how we doing? Okay, so today was a really great day. I woke up and I had a lunch scheduled with one of my best, best friends from middle school and actually elementary school, middle school, not high school. I've known her since we were in first grade and I don't get to see her all the time. She's super, super busy. She has like a really, really strenuous job. So we did get to catch up today and she told me the funniest story and I was just like, please, can I... Can I please share this on the podcast? Because this is so awkward. So my uh, best friend, she, I have a lot of best friends. And this is one of them. You've definitely seen her in my stories and stuff. But I just don't want to say her name because I don't, I just don't want to put her on blast for this. But like I said, she has a very, very stressful job. And she goes through so many emotions in her job. She's a nurse. And you can imagine she's a nurse for kids. And she didn't go into details but she was saying that she has a, a she has a, a tough time emotionally dealing with the things that she has to being a nurse for kids because it's just hella sad seeing kids be sick and sometimes not make it. And she was saying that it's just not the, the thing that a normal person has to deal with. You know, a, a person with like a, a normal job, even though it is being a nurse for kids is a normal job, but your everyday to day person doesn't deal with the sadnesses that she does. And once she was kind of getting into it, I was like, oh my God, like I never really thought of it that way. That's so true. Like for me, lucky I get to come here and work, look for news topics, look for funny stuff to talk about, um, research on artists and stuff, blab on air. And I just talk about my life and it's, it's, it's a really not, it's not a stressful job. What I actually do, the stress comes from like politics behind the scenes, sales and all that. That's where the stress and, um, yeah, that's where the stress from my job comes from, not actually what I do, right? And I feel like a lot of people, maybe that's the case too. You know, like maybe your actual job, you're not mad at, but it's like other stuff that comes with your job is more stressful. And that's what my best friend was saying. And she was saying that she's, that what helps her and calms her is to vent about it, right? So she'll get home, she'll vent to her sister, she'll get vent to her mom, she'll vent to um, her boyfriend. But <laughs> these stories that she has to, that she shares and gets off her chest are so sad that people around her have had to tell her like listen I know that you need to get this off your chest I I do want to be here for you but 
you just bring me down so much when you share these stories because they're so awful and it's just not what I want to hear after uh, after a long day of work. And so my friend, she's just like, man, you know, on one side of things, she was like, dang, like, you know, like th that's kind of selfish of you to not want to hear my problems. But she's also like, I could barely deal with these problems. So I do understand. So um, my friend decided to be mature about this and she got a therapist. And I've been hearing a lot of my friends get ther therapists. Um, so she's she's my age. She got a therapist and a, a few other of my friends. One of my DJ friends recently told me that she's she looked into therapy and now as a therapist. So if y'all are having struggles mentally with your jobs or whatever was going on in your life, maybe you should consider that as well. So she finally looked into getting a therapist and she started and she, this is this has been her fourth session, uh, her most recent one. And I was asking her, how, I was like, OK, how how is that for you? I think that that's great because it's true. Like they're. I don't know if I would want to hear all these sad stories all the time. It, there, there's sometimes with these sad stories, there's like no moral to it. It's just sad. There's no looking at the bright side of things. Sometimes life just sucks, right? Um, and it's just really hard to deal with. I don't know if I would be able to deal with her telling me all these stories either. And that's what someone like a therapist is for, to hear problems that maybe other people don't want to hear about or things that you just need to get off your chest. There she is. So she was saying that she was having a pleasant time during these therapy sessions. Like, you know, her therapist was giving her good advice and um, that it, she felt like she would be relieved when she left. She was happy when she left until this last time, this last time when she had her therapy session, she says that her therapist started zoning out <laughs> during their therapy session. And I started busting out laughing. I was like, no way. She's like, yeah. Like, I was just like telling her like what was on my mind and this was just like normal. And then I noticed that she started zoning out and I was just like, uh, hello. And then the therapist was like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, continue, continue. And again, my friend was going you know, off again about what she needed to get off her chest. And the therapist zoned out again. And the therapist was like, really apologized. She felt super um, awful for zoning out on this. And she, she was like, oh my God, I am so sorry. Listen, like, I'm going to be honest. I've been having things going on with my personal life. It has nothing to do with you. I'm so sorry that I, I've been very unprofessional. Um, just keep going, right? She was, she was trying to keep going, but my friend was already kind of annoyed. Like she was like, bruh, I'm paying you here. Like I'm paying you and your one job is just to literally listen to me and you can't even do that. And at the end of the day, it's like therapists are people too. Just like all of us, they go through issues as well. So I'm not like blaming her, but I'm just telling her like, you know, honestly, maybe your stories were just having her zone out and think like, dang girl, your life is, wow. What you go through at your work is really awful. I was like, maybe take it as a compliment that like she couldn't even listen to you as well because you really do have to deal with a lot it's not a compliment you, your therapist should not be zoning out and I, I get it but what my friend said was she wished that the therapist would have just canceled in in general if she wasn't in the mind space to take a patient right now she would have wished for her to just cancel the appointment and be like hey listen I'm so sorry to do this I'm gonna be honest I need to cancel because there's too much on my mind um, but can we reschedule for tomorrow or whatever the case may be because then my friend wouldn't have had to go out of her way and go to therapy and just to be like ignored <laughs> so my friend said that on the way home she was kind of like confused she was like should I be mad right now? Like, I'm kind of mad that she wasn't paying attention to me. But also, I do understand that everyone has days or whatever. And I'm just like, and then also she doesn't like want to go. Like now she's like, 
I kind of don't really want to go to her again because what if it's the same thing? What if she zones out again? I'm like, you know what? Listen, go one more time. This is the first time that she's zoned out on you like this. You're trying it out. You said that you had great first few sessions. Everyone does have their days, okay? And hopefully this was just one time. Maybe you should be honest with your therapist and tell her straight up, like, listen, I liked coming to you, but last time it kind of did throw me off that you weren't zoned out. Maybe, maybe just next time tell me and we can cancel it. Because I rather us cancel it if you're not in the space to hear me out and we can cancel and reschedule another day than you zoning out on me. I'm like, just be straight up with your therapist. Go try to go to one more session. Um, if she ever does it again, never go back to her and complain. Because <laughs> And she's like, I don't want to complain. Like, I don't want to snitch. I don't want to get her out of her job. If people don't like her, they can decide if they want her or not. But like, I don't want to snitch. But I, yeah, she's very weary of going back to her therapist. I'm like, dang, imagine like, imagine going to someone for therapy and they're just zoning out on you. I would feel so awful. I wouldn't want to go back either. And I was telling her, yo, I am lucky. I am lucky because I feel like my venting really happens here on the podcast. Like if there's anything that's on my mind or that's bumming me out or if I just need to talk it out, I just blah, 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 here in Crystal's Nightcap. And the listeners are always there. They're always having my back. And I'm super lucky for you. I've told you this before. This is my therapy session. This is my diary. But not everyone has a podcast that they can just ramble on for 30 minutes for. So I understand. And if you are in that position, like I said, talk to someone, look into therapy. It's I'm happy that it's like less of a taboo now that people are being more open and honest about it. And it's actually celebrated now that people are take, uh, taking their mental health very seriously. And also, I want to make sure that you know it's okay to not be there for someone. Just like people that were around my friend were honest with her and were like, listen, I can't be here for this. I can't be your vent therapy session. You are making me too sad. And for my own mental health, I have to be honest and tell you about that. I think that was very mature of that person to tell her that. And I think it is okay. Like if you can't be there for someone for whatever reason, for your own sanity, be honest. Like that is a lesson within itself. Cause at first I was too like, Dang, I don't know if I would say that to a friend, but if it really is bugging you that much when someone opens up to you or shares, you know, negative stuff all the time, just tell them. And, you know, maybe at first they, they will take it a certain type of way, but you can never really be. I don't think you can ever fully be mad at someone for being honest about something like that. So I think that was a great takeaway. I personally have never been in a situation like that where, you know, something that someone's opening up to me about or, you know, someone's problems. Uh, like just are too much for my mental to handle. But I hope that if I was in a situation like that, I would do the same thing and just be honest and be like, yo, look, listen, I, I can't be hearing this no more. Like, you know, you can't be, tell you can't be sharing me this stuff anymore. Cause it's just way too sad and not good for my health. So anyways, yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about inside of my cave. There was crystal's cave, crystal's nightcap. Thank you so, so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. Wherever you are listening, please subscribe, share the podcast with your friends. If you really like it, you know where to find me on socials at La Crystal Rosas. A lot of these stories I talked about and more up lacrystalrosas.com. If you have any questions, need advice, comments, you know where to hit me. And I'm live here on wild Monday through Friday, seven to midnight on your radio or the free iHeartRadio app. I love, love, love you. And I will see you on the next one. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.